This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Rachel Norton and Samuel Jones. Hey, listeners, welcome back to Together. It is an amazing day here in Michigan because guess what, Rachel? What? It is season four, the very first episode of the season. And listen, we have so many great things prepared for our listeners this season. And I know I would I would tell all of my friends, all of our family members, every single individual that knows they're passionate about the area of marriage to listen to this season because we have some heavy hitters, Rachel. How do you, how, how, how excited are you about season four? You know, I'm really excited. I thought season three flew. Yeah. Uh, when I was first invited into this space to co-host with you and Kelly, I thought, well, this sounds like it'll be a neat adventure, <laughs> but I, I've just had a blast. Even, you know, hanging out with you guys more, each of the guests we got to have on, I was personally encouraged sure. by each couple, each guest, um, and the content. So yeah. more and more people are finding out about this <laughs> content and this podcast, and it's just been awesome to see the response. Listen, I, I was looking at just some of the stats the other day and was so honored to see that, you know, so many people have listened to this podcast. It's still being like unveiled to some like, oh, wait a minute, our church, Ada Bible has a podcast. But then when you look at just like all the individuals from state to state, even other countries who are listening to this podcast, you can tell that people are taking away something and they're telling others. So super excited about what God is doing in the place and space of marriage, Rachel. Uh, but when we think about just season three a second, like like there were some really overlaid topics that really impacted people from areas of redemption to blended families. Like what was some, what was like maybe one of your favorite episodes or guests that were appeared on the season last, uh, on season three? Yeah, we definitely touched on that theme of redemption. The hunters inviting us into their story yeah, where everything fell apart and how God just pieced their marriage back together. And now how they are investing in so many couples. I loved having Mike and Kim Ballin from A to Bible. They've taken, <laughs> sure. what did they say, 50 couples under their wing and helped them Amazing. get off to a strong start. It's like, that's be the church kind of stuff. And, and just, we love that. Yeah, definitely. I think one of my favorite uh, couples from from last season was the Milton family. The Milton family literally has five teenagers that they're trying to figure out how to raise and launch into being great young adults. And then they had a baby because they started over again. <laughs> and so just yeah. to hear their story and testimony, like to raise five teenagers, if I had hair, which our visual, excuse me, <laughs> our, our audio listeners can't see that I don't have hair, but literally if I had hair, I would be pulling it out. So, yes, yes. you know, that's mm-hmm. definitely that, but I definitely love them. And, and again, the Hunter family talking about marriage and sex and all those aspects was so amazing. Even the counselors we had on were amazing for season three. And so I think that just prepped us for what God was going to do, is going to do in season four. And so, you know, I think that's a great just kind of, you know, space to kind of introduce our next guest. Yeah, I am excited to get to introduce Jeff and Shanti Feldhen. 
I first heard about you when we were at a conference in Orlando and they welcomed you, Shanti, onto the big stage. And you you hadn't been scheduled there, but you hosted a breakout that had such a phenomenal response that uh, everybody wanted to hear a little bit of the message you brought there. Um, and I know you and Jeff had just teamed up in um, that message coming together. So we just want to welcome you. Thanks for helping us kick off season four. Let's begin by just learning a little bit about yourselves, you, um, Shanti, and Jeff, and a little bit about your marriage. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you, Sam and Rachel. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why don't you start with uh, giving yeah. a little bit about us? So we've been married 27 years, which still, I'm like, how did that happen? That's, <laughs> that's amazing. We are, um, we are about to be empty nesters. Um, because we have a, a daughter in college and a son who's graduating high school shortly. And that's also a weird thing. <laughs> we are definitely like, how did that happen? We're social researchers and have been for the last 18 years or so, we have worked really hard to try to um, put some analytical background that we have into work to help relationships. What I could add to this is that uh, we actually met bumping into one another <laughs> on a corner of Harvard Square. Wow. Physically, um, physically, physically bumped into bumping each other. into each other. <laughs> That's how we met. And from there, we, you know, a longer story, but we connected in an a cappella singing group in graduate school. <laughs> Wow. Unexpected. Isn't that fun? I, was, I was in law school there at Harvard, and Shanti was in uh, working on her master's there at the Kennedy School um, and Harvard Business School, kind of a, a joint degree type thing. And from there, we moved to New York and had no idea that we were going to take the path that None we've taken. At all. At we've <laughs> honestly, we describe ourselves as the semi confused husband and wife stumbled <laughs> on these things and we simply used kind of the analytical training mm -hmm. to try to dig out the little things that people just don't understand about one another sure. that make a big difference once we do understand them wow and you you imagine if you hadn't been in that square that day exactly. like, i know you love these stories God writes and all that he's had in store for you and through you too as a couple now, I learned something about you is that after you've been married for, I think it was 22 years and you had done 13 years of this research you were talking about, that you wrote a book called Thriving in Love and Money. And I wonder, you talked about money before then as a couple. How did that, how did that go before you wrote this book? And then how did writing this book impact that conversation that you've had as a couple? Well, the interesting thing is we've done all this research on relationships, the differences between men and women, trying to understand, help men and women understand one another. And all sorts of other marriage topics. And this was <laughs> the one topic that we actually weren't on the same page about. Mm. And when you say that we talked about money, we primarily talked at each other about money. <laughs> Um, okay. I wouldn't say that they were necessarily productive conversations. conversations. So, no. so when we approached this topic, we approached it with fear and trembling. Yeah. Well, and here's the, I'll tell you, I'll be honest about what happened. We, we've been doing these studies for years and we get a call from this financial services company called Thrivent. And I don't 
some of your clients, your your listeners may be familiar with them. We had not been familiar with them. But, you know, they try to do missional type stuff. And they called and basically said, look, money is a big issue in marriage. And we don't think it has to be. How mm. would you feel about making this your next research project and us sponsoring some of it? And we were like, we had been praying, Lord, what's our next project supposed to be? And how are we going to pay for it? Like, literally, this was this huge answer to prayer. And we, I went running into the kitchen. I'm like, Jeff, guess what just happened? And we're like, oh, my gosh. And then about 30 seconds later, it was, oh, my gosh. Because that means that we're going to have to actually deal with this for the first time in the relationship side of things. Yeah. Because what this what this project was about it had nothing to do with the technical stuff it had nothing to do with budgeting and spreadsheets and getting out of debt it was how do you have a great relationship around money so mm. this we knew that this was going to be a very personal project for and, us and, and just to be clear you really don't want us advising you on the technical <laughs> aspects <laughs> of, of budgets and stuff like that. Just because, you know, but now we know that we can do it exactly. without creating all sorts of anxiety and turmoil in our relationship. Well, and maybe I'll speak into this later, but I, I think when we chatted with you before, Shanti, you said, um, you know, covering some of this ground is really important so that we can embrace the practicals in a meaningful way. But you two yeah. mentioned that you've written books and you've spoken at conferences. I just want our listeners to know a little bit more about you. Um, this research that you've been involved with, I believe you shared that you, you've invested about $850,000 in research over the years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've spoken at a thousand plus events you have sold over 3 million books. I bet you wow. never imagined God had all that in mind. No, none. it's just astounding to, to see what God has done. It's amazing. And, and what I will say that um, one of Shanti's great gifts, and I, I came on as a partner with this, as, as mostly a silent partner at the beginning, just trying to help her kind of understand some of the, the research and the questions and trying to help shape and frame that. Um, but her talent really is taking complex information and sure. making it understandable and bite-sized for the average person like myself, who honestly, I just didn't know how to talk about a lot of these things because I honestly didn't know how I was feeling about things. And until you have words to describe things, conversation is really, really hard. Everybody says, just communicate. Well, what we found is that often you need to know some of this stuff before you know what to communicate about. Yeah. Well, where do we begin, right? People ask. Exactly. exactly. Now, uh, you know, your book thriving in, you know, um, love and money, the money side of this, right? Money side of this conversation, you know, kind of just based on your research, you know, what was maybe your, your avoidance, your own avoidance of, of money conversations. And was that like atypical for, for what you kind of saw in your own research? <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't atypical. It was very <laughs> typical. Um, here's the statistics that we found is that in in reality, only 23% of couples can talk about money well mm. without avoiding it, without having kind of the anxiety and the awkwardness and difficulty. 77% of couples just can't talk about money very well. And And the interesting part is many of us think we're better at it than we are. 
like on our survey now these are big nationally representative surveys right this is that's why we spend so much money to try to get the good rigorous data that's that's demographically that's demographically representative, representative around the united states um okay. of, you know age racial background religious background geography like all that kind of stuff and but what we found is that most people say oh yeah you know my my spouse and I, you know, we talk about money, you know, just fine. That's kind of the standard <clears throat> initial uh, framework that people think of themselves. And then later in the survey, we noticed that those same people, like those same people, sure. Say, oh, but we keep separate bank accounts because every time we try to merge our bank accounts, we start fighting. So, <laughs> so guilty as charged. Okay. Guilty as charged. So, and so that's like okay. So that's not really somebody who communicates well. You're avoiding mm. it. That's actually what's happening. And that's where we found that in reality, once you account for all those factors. In reality, 77% of couples, you know, just avoid it or just don't talk about money well. Wow. You know, what's so amazing is that literally I was on the plane the other day and I was reading through your book and the first 79 pages, I don't know if I was supposed to do this or not, but I felt like a strong spirit of conviction over <laughs> just reading, you know, uh, what I was reading. And I was like, well, God, I, I see that you're wanting to deal with me and my spouse, specifically me. So, you know. <laughs> It definitely has some great, great information Aww, and just it helped yeah. me. Every, so every one of these research projects sure. has had a high level of conviction for both. <laughs> for both. <laughs> Definitely. And every yeah. now and then, I'll just tell you a little behind the scenes. And every now and then, because, you know, we're, like I said, we're not psychologists. We're not sure. married therapists. We have no idea what we're doing half the time. But you know, we've learned these things and we try to apply them. But we're still like guinea pig number one. And sure. And every now and then, like, we'll be out to dinner with another couple and I'll be like, I don't know, squabbling with Jeff or something. And the other wife will go, um, Shanti, you know, there's this book you need to read. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> we need it too. <laughs> yeah. 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 I dipped into the book as well. And I was one of those that would say, oh, we're great. Like, you know, we're tracking beautifully, but you have some kind of assessments in there. And I thought, oh, wow, there's some growth areas. So yeah. anybody, even if you're strong, I think can grow from stepping into um, what you share. So you, um, you've discovered something in your research. What would you say is the number one fact couples need to know to decrease the tension that they experience around money and talking about it? So the mo do you mind if I jump in? Yeah, on do this that. One? The, the most important starting point is kind of what we say is the summary of the book. So this whole three-year research project really boils down to one sentence, which is, if you're having tension about money, the key is to know that it's not about the money. It turns out it's about how money makes you feel mm. and how it makes your spouse feel. And it's about this host of like expectations running under the surface about how money should work and all of these, you know, insecurities and worries and beliefs, you know, maybe from childhood and how you grew up and how your family handled money. Like there's all this stuff running under the surface. That and we don't necessarily recognize. Correct. That we mm -hmm. don't necessarily recognize. And that is what is the cause of the tension or the avoidance or the whatever um, that people tend to have around money. I, I will, you know, in just telling on myself here. When Shanti and I, like I say, we, we did not um, effectively 
talk about money for the first 20 some years of our marriage. And we avoided it. And one of the thoughts that would run through my mind, though I didn't say it out loud, was when Shanti would make a choice that involved money in some way. Because we're more like he's the saver, I'm the spender. Sure. And in, in my mind, I would say to myself, she just has a character flaw, I guess. And I'll just have to deal with it and live with it. And it's my, you know, burden Cross to bear. To bear. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that was because it felt so natural. What I was feeling and thinking felt like a law of gravity. Sure. That, I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. you can't change it. It just is. And I had no idea that she had similar ones that felt like laws of gravity to like me laws. that were just different. So true. Well, you kind of spoke about that when you write about the five key factors that yeah. impact couples when it comes to money. Yeah. Um, I think you spoke into that already, just kind of talking about different values or, you know, one spender, one saver. Like, tell us about these five factors. So here's really what we, if you boil down the results of um, what we found that matters, that we found in the research, it, it is these five things that we don't understand that are running under the surface. And the first one of them, which is actually related to most of the day-to-day friction that tends to happen around money, it's often at play, is that we don't understand that we're not valuing what our spouse is valuing. We don't We don't kind of recognize that this human being that I'm married to, we know he's a different, I know he's a different person, but it's somehow like it doesn't translate into, so he will therefore care about something different than I do. And oh, by the way, that is totally legitimate. That is mm-hmm. just as legitimate as what I care about. That is usually the disconnect. And the amazing <laughs> thing is, even as I hear Shanti saying that, it seems so obvious. Of course, we <laughs> all know that. In the moment, we don't know that. Maybe we should give him an example. Sure. Okay. So <clears throat> here's this is just an example of silly little stuff that happens every day in most of our marriages, but it's like the silly stuff that really matters, right? And so an example of this is suppose that I am driving home from a long day of meetings and I call Jeff and I'm like, you know, um, I'm just going to stop and pick up Chinese food on the way, on the way home because, you know, that way we don't have to bother with dinner. And he goes, well, You know, I've got got some chicken breast from Costco that I I can put on the grill and we'll do that and cook up, you know, some some frozen vegetables or whatever. And we'll do that. And and I'll do it. I'm fine with being the one doing the cooking. So he says that. Why does that bug me? And yeah, why does, does it bug you, Sean? And, and why does it bug me? Like, cha-ching, cha-ching. Right. <laughs> so here's what's going on in terms of not valuing what the other person is valuing and not even knowing what's going on under the surface in what it is that I'm valuing. Here's what we finally like realized as we were in the middle of this research project. To, to me, I am thinking 
and what I'm valuing without putting that terminology to it, but what I'm thinking is, you know, we have been so busy and we've been running around with the kids and we've, you know, our daughter is in college and, you know, she was home for just a little bit and our son is doing track and he has all this thing. We haven't had any family time really in weeks. We've been going across purposes. And so to me, if we grill the chicken, well, that means that there's going to be preparation and then the cooking time and then the cleanup time. And then we have to start homework. And like, I'm, I'm basically like 35 bucks for Chinese food to buy this precious hour of family time. Mm. Of course, like it's not even a question, like, of course, but for Jeff, I'm thinking if we do all of these unplanned dinners that cost us $35, we're going to get to retirement and be homeless. But it's there in my head. Right. We get it. But yeah. both of these, but both of these things are just, he values the sort of the security of saying, you know, we're saving our money. We're being super careful, whatever. Uh, you know, we've got all this, the COVID has had this impact on our family business and our family ministry. And, and, and I, I am, and, and, and I can come up with dozens and dozens of <laughs> scriptural references. Right on. Well, actually, that's actually a really good, do you mind if I mention one other piece of this? Please. Because that's, that is actually what's underneath a lot of these sort of values, value differences that we don't realize that's what they are, mm -hmm. is that one of the biggest different types of values is the spender saver. Now that applies to most couples actually, because even when you have two savers, one of them is usually a little more comfortable than the other with spending money. And so that dynamic is in most couples, it turns out. And and by the way, let me just set to rest. There's a stereotype that the man is a saver, the woman is a spender. That is not actually statistically true. It was basically half and half. And so- oh, Good um, to know. It's good mm -hmm. to know. Yes, yeah. that's a stereotype that is not yeah. And so, um, and so, but that dynamic exists in most couples. And what we don't sort of recognize is that in the church, and I'm going to step on a, do you mind if I step on a couple of toes here? Step on them. Okay. I'm going to step on a toe or two of the people who are listening. Because I can imagine there are some people who are listening to this edition of the podcast because they are the money person. Right. Like they are the saver. They are the person who goes to the stewardship classes and and they're married to someone who thinks differently than they do about certain things and maybe is more comfortable with spending. And what we found statistically and what we found in all of our interviews and surveys is that the person who is if you're a follower of Christ and you are the saver type, as Jeff said, you come up with all those scriptures like clearly this is the biblical way of handling money like nobody would build the tower you know without making sure that you have enough money to complete it you would never go to war without making sure that you have the resources to to finish the battle and you you know you can list all of those but here's the reality is that the person who's more of the spender oriented can also come up with all the scriptures. Who's like, well, but what about Jesus saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's mm -hmm. enough trouble of its own. You know, sure. what about God has good gifts for his children? What about the guy who's, you know, saved all of his money up in barns and then never got to enjoy it? And so the reality is we can both 
come up with biblical basis for what we're thinking and feeling. And it does, it means for us to recognize it's not that the other person is wrong and I'm right. It is truly that we are just different. And therefore, God wants us to come together as a marriage to honor one another and what each other values. Mm. And, you know, the exception to that, because I know what some people are thinking, like, well, what about the person who has a gambling addiction? Or a shopping addiction. Or a shopping addiction or, you know, whatever. Well, okay, let's let's say that if, if that was the case, if you have 100 objective observers, 100 objective observers would look at the person with the gambling addiction or the shopping addiction and say that is objectively a problem. Right. But if you have a hundred objective observers looking at Jeff and Shanti arguing about the Chinese food, you're not going to say this is objectively right and this is objectively wrong. Right. Like that's just, it truly is, we're just different. And there is a, a really important piece of this puzzle that allows you to come together more in your marriage once you recognize that. That's, that is so good. You know, in, in, in my counseling brain, I, I literally think about two couples or excuse me, two people who are married having this conversation and trying to figure out, like, why do you think this way about money? In a lot of cases, what I hear you all talking about is this journey of empathy and saying, you know what, I need to learn how to respect what you're saying because you have a differing value than I have. But at the same time, that differing value is a place that, oh, it's based off of your experience. It's based off of you know your thought process about the word of God. It's based off of your thought process about how your family raised you. And so like hearing you all share that just gives me so much more light in regards to how couples can really get into that space of talking about this. It, it uh, um, to sum it up with one word, it's humility. Yeah. It is, I may not be exactly right all the time. I may not be. There exactly. may be another way here, of Shanti. looking at this thing. <laughs> well, I mean, the reality, honestly, that I think will help a lot of marriages is if you, it, no matter which direction you're coming from, right? If you have the feeling like I just have to, you know, talk my spouse into realizing that I'm right, not that you would necessarily put it that way, mm. but, you know, clearly that's kind of what we're thinking subconsciously. You will never make progress. Like mm -hmm. one, one of the things that the, um, we've done just dozens and dozens of radio programs um, on this topic with the, like the money call-in talk shows, right? Like where some of you will have us on, tell us what you found about relationships. And they, all of the hosts, 100% of these money talk show hosts have told us that the number one call-in question that they get is how do I get my spouse on the same page? Mm. And it's usually a money person, right? Mm. Who's usually tends to be more of the saver oriented, you know, very structured, planning oriented, et cetera. Probably the one who pays the bills too. Could be. And could be, maybe mm. not, but could be. Mm -hmm. um, but it's usually that person saying, how do I get my spouse to agree with me? Basically, that's what they're saying. And the reality is, if you're listening to this, no matter which direction you're coming from, and that's what you're thinking, you're not going to make progress because you're not honoring that your spouse is a legitimate point of view around this. Can I, can I give an example? Because I think that might help. Is that okay? okay? I, so this actually happened um, when we released the book. COVID hit 10 days later. 
the the shutdown. Now, this is just a little free consulting. Don't work on a $120,000 research project for three years and then release the book 10 days before a national emergency. Is I will write that down. That's exactly. a little free consulting, yes. like bad business model. Okay. So, but what happened was that like every artist, Christian artist out there, every speaker, every author, you know, a lot of our ministry revenue is from speaking events. Well, guess what happened, right? They all got canceled. And that happened with everybody across the globe. And so suddenly, you know, it's like a nervous time, like many people listening to this who run small businesses, like they had a lot of people had that same sort of experience. It's nervous. And Jeff and I have been practicing, how do we talk about this stuff rather than avoiding it? And to Jeff's credit, he came to me and he said, essentially, look, I have to be honest that I'm struggling with a little resentment because if we hadn't gone to Disney World last year with the kids and if or if we hadn't like gone out to eat at these various times or gone to the movies or whatever, like we would have thousands more dollars in our bank account right now that we could really use now that all of this has gone away. And then to actually, to his credit, he came back. Okay. After saying that. She's making it sound like I came back within 15 minutes and said, (laughs) oh, by the way, I thought about this. It was more like two days. It was a couple of days. Well, and, but to your credit, what you, what you said is he's, and this is the model, honestly, that I think will help a lot of people. Sure. Look, I realize, you know what, that's not really a fair perspective either, because when we went and took the kids to Disney World, and when you took, you know, you said, let's go bowling with the family on a Sunday afternoon, or let's go out to eat with some friends, you are building memories and you are creating togetherness as a family. And now we're stuck in quarantine on top of each other. And we like each other. <laughs> and that's created by some of those things. Now, you know, he he said, look, I, I still may have a difference of opinion. Like, we could have had a free picnic in the park <laughs> instead of going to eat. <laughs> but the, the key was, he was honoring what I valued, even if he disagreed. And you know what that did? It made it more like all of a sudden the defensiveness that usually would come up in me went away. And I was much more willing to sit and talk about, okay, now we need to embrace the austerity plan. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, it it was, I was looking at all of those expenditures as a net cost. Mm. And instead, Shanti was looking them looking at them as a net investment in the family and in the relationship. There's a benefit to that expenditure. Exactly. That was really a huge opportunity for, I told you so, you know, where you can really. um, That that might've been in there somewhere. (laughs) I can't quite remember. (laughs) Maybe could be possibly. But that's an example though. We're human, right? Like we have differences of opinion. Yeah. Key though, and this is honestly, if you, for the people listening to this, if you can just make it a, like take one step and say, how can I honor what my spouse values, even if I disagree? How can I like verbally say, but I see what you were doing and I see where you were going with this. And this is, I see why this is important to you. That is what lowers the defenses. Mm. 
And that is what enables the conversation. And that's going to enable trust and connection in your whole marriage, not just around that one incident. That is so good. That is so good. That This humility and honor, like those are two very easy, but very challenging words to think about in, in this perspective of money. I, I guess just to take this one layer deeper for a second, what about the couple where you have one person who has no interest mm-hmm. in trying to navigate family finances? Like, what would you say to that? So the key is the next step in what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. right? It's, it is honoring what is it that you value? Because if they have no interest, there is a reason like, and you just don't know what it is. Mm. And and I'll I'll be very tra- <laughs> I'll be very transparent here. Can we tell them about the Dave, Dave Ramsey, Ramsey class? Do you want to do you want to go ahead? It? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'd rather that you tell this. Story. So our our church um, back <laughs> this is 15 years ago would uh, um, started sponsoring or offering Dave Dave Ramsey's piece University, and. I remember when they announced that they were going to be offering it a curriculum at a particular start date. And I went to Shanti and I said, this will be great. Let's sign up and do this. And she was like, oh, gosh, you know, I'm traveling so many of I'm going to miss know, these weekends. so many so, of those. So, so we didn't sessions. do it. And then the next year, same thing. And then the third year, I signed up and went alone. <laughs> and And I did. And what ended up happening was when we were doing the research for this book, I actually realized why Shanti didn't go with me. It wasn't exactly because... It wasn't, let's just say it wasn't just that I had a busy travel schedule. (laughs) That wasn't the, that was not the main reason. The the main reason was because I tend to be an all or nothing kind of guy. Okay. Understandable. She's thinking this is if I go with him, this is going to be throwing gasoline on a fire and he's going to think it's going to be exciting to eat nothing but Franks and beans for the next (laughs) 12 months because we have a goal. And I'm thinking, I want to live life That does a little. not sound exciting. Yes. And I so think you've just helped us walk into many marriages. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And, and that was on me. And that, yeah. and so that's an example of, I would not have been able to articulate it. He would not have been able to articulate it. But that was the reason why one person in our marriage had zero interest in being a part of it. Mm -hmm. And so once we actually started the research and he went, oh, my goodness, like, I bet this is why and came to me and said, is this why? And I went, "Uh, yes, (laughs) I would not have been able to articulate that either. But that's an example of, again, remember, it's not about the money. It's this Mm. other stuff under the surface. And if one person in the marriage, if you're listening to this and like my spouse has no interest, there is a reason. And and perhaps maybe turning the mirror on ourselves and saying, maybe I've done something that has made my spouse feel like it's not safe and I can't engage. Or... It could be something like, suppose that the, the person who wants to do this is the more the spender and the saver feels like, you know, maybe they're a stay at home mom and they feel like I have no 
agency to use a buzzword. I have no, like, I don't have any right to tell you what to do with our money. I'd rather save it, but you're the one out there earning the money and you want to spend it all. And I feel like I don't have any ability to say anything different because it's your money because it's quote unquote your money Mm. as opposed to no, it's not you and me. It's our money, right? It's it, that, that is an example of there's just dozens of those reasons that could be one of them. And it's a matter of recognizing that there is a reason that it's a one-sided thing right now. And if we would get in the habit of asking that question, I wonder what's beneath this. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how I might be contributing. Exactly. You know, we just can't go wrong if we keep asking those questions. Exactly. You spoke about how values, differing values are a key factor you know, and some of the tension around money, sometimes fears we bring in. I think you spoke to a fear, you know, that you had underneath, you know, with that um, resistance to going to that um, financial peace class. Um, But, you know, I wonder if we might, I know your book's going to speak into that a lot and um, we're going to cover great ground there uh, when our listeners get a hold of it. Um, But I wonder if we could switch gears a little bit. You guys are social researchers, but you are followers of Jesus. And so, why do you think Jesus talked about money so often? So one of the one of the statements that Jesus made that most pastors have either talked about on stage or brought up with the congregation that we're familiar with is when he said, "Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Right. And the reality that is often talked about, not always, but, you know, often a pastor will mention tithing, for example, in in connection with that statement. And sort of like it shows where your heart is, whether or not you're willing to trust God with your money and, you know, give back 10% to his kingdom. However that's talked about, that's not an uncommon uh, discussion. And it's true, but it's not the end of the story. And I think the reality is, is that Jesus, when he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. It re- Money reveals the heart, yes. It reveals whether you're trusting God. It reveals whether you're wanting to be together with your spouse. But it also steers the heart. Mm. And your, for example, your choice to trust God with your money and tithe, for example, it doesn't just reveal where your heart is. It also is, it is forcing your heart into a posture of trust. It's like, I may not feel it right now, but I'm going to choose to trust God in this. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing in our relationship with our spouse. I may, I'm, I am, and I'll just be really transparent. One of my big temptations is to try to do money separately. Even though, even Makes though we sense. have the same account, one of my temptations is to, to, you know, try to do stuff without Jeff knowing about it without not like trying to be deceptive, but let's just sort of do something under the surface and just not tell him. Right. Like that's, that's a temptation. And, and, and the, the funny thing is mm-hmm. most people would go, oh my gosh, Santi, that's terrible. I would never do that. Well, okay. So here's the question. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are like, you know, I don't have... A problem with this i you know we have same the same account we talk about money okay but do you ever try to pull the amazon package off the front step before your spouse sees it i mean that's just another way of that's another (laughs) example right of that kind of like lack of oneness so to speak and and lack of transparency and 
the reality is when you pull the 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 package off the front step or your spouse sees it you are steering your heart in a direction away from oneness and when you choose to let that package sit there even though your spouse is going to see it and go wait did we just spend you know 50 bucks on whatever that is steering your heart towards oneness and transparency mm. and togetherness and connection and that's i think one of the reasons jesus talked about money so much is because he knows it reveals and steers how we're made wow ah, again conviction i feel it right now <laughs> we heard that sign listen listen um this is this has been such a great uh just conversation you all and i guess just as we close um some listeners may want to take steps really towards unity um, and love and money, uh, but just like us, they're learning how to talk about both. You know, maybe what's just like one simple thing that you can that they can do to kind of get started mm -hmm. with that. So probably the starting point is it, to me. We spent a lot of time creating a really simple five minute assessment that is free. We had a ministry sponsor step forward and create the whole thing for us so that we could offer it for free. And it's really simple, but like deceptively simple, like it'll really help you get started. So if you go to, you probably have it in your podcast notes, but if you go to thriveinloveandmoney.com, that's uh, where people can get the really, really simple starting point. And they'll get a little report of like, okay, Here's the way you answer the questions and here's some things you need to know about how this is working. And if you have, if your spouse does the same thing, it gives you something really to talk about in a very kind of safe way. Awesome. Jeff, Shanti, this has been an incredible conversation. And I just want to thank you too, from the bottom of our heart at Together and Ada Bible Church. Um, this has been something that I think every single marriage needs to listen to. Um, and uh, with it, it has been also very personally impactful for myself and my wife. So thank you. Appreciate thank that. Thank you guys. Yeah, great spending time with you. <laughs> thank you. Well, listeners, uh, you've heard it. You've heard Jeff and Shanti Feldan, and their book, again, is called Thriving in Love and Money. And you can get that on various spaces. Uh, and uh, you can also get the link to that on our show notes, which are located at the bottom of our podcast. Um, if you have ever thought about having this conversation and you need to talk to a counselor or you need to talk to a pastor or get just get started about it and it's a space where it's challenging or difficult feel free to reach out to us at care at adababa.org to get that conversation started but also we want to make sure that you get that book and if you maybe don't have the means to get it again reach out to us at our email and or comment um, on our social media channels and pages to get those things going so we can get some great conversations going about love and money because remember they said it's not just about the money it's about what's going on in your marriage and in love so for together this is our season opener we are excited to have you come back and listen with us again for myself and rachel and of course dr kelly bonniewell this has been together thanks for listening to together we hope you've learned a thing or two if you find the podcast helpful please go to apple podcasts spotify or your listening platform leave a comment and give us a five-star rating 
If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries, or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.